You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Saving money when you start your next project today at Menards. Check out our great selection of garage and utility lighting options. In stock, ready to take home today. We carry everything to help you illuminate whatever project you're working on. Shop garage and utility lighting products in store at your nearest Menards. You can also view all of our entire selection of lighting options today on Menards.com. Save big money at Menards. What's up, everybody? Welcome. I'm Guy. That's John. We are live on YouTube on February for Thursday morning. We're the week before the week of the Super Bowl. Uh, I realized something, but uh, John, a Tito's toast. Brought to you by Tito's Handmade Vodka. Uh, to Tom Brady Sr. Was what do you do? Now's the time to talk to the Boston Globe. You know, Tom, it's all, the story's always that like Tom Brady Sr. sometimes had to talk less than Tom Brady Sr. would have liked to talk publicly. But uh, there's this article in the Globe in which he gave Belichick a ton of credit, said this is, you know, it's BS the way they're treating Bill as if he couldn't have done it, as if Tom could have done it without him. You know, look at where that franchise is without Bill. And then he added, Bill's tough. He runs a military system. It's a different generation. Bill is a great, great, great coach, but his interpersonal skills are horrible. That's the bottom line. I played golf yesterday with this guy who's probably about 70 years old. He was 69. He said he turned 70 soon. And he was just, he was a business owner, very successful guy, owns Culligan Water throughout the South and the Midwest. All right. Like the south, Southwest, Midwest. And he had a lot of takes on just the younger generation because where he, where he grew up, you know, whether it was parenting or leadership, it, it wasn't about holding your hand you know, and tickling your taint to get you to smile here. But he said, it's it's inevitable now in 2024, your workforce is not all going to be my age, especially your younger, quote unquote, cheaper workers are going to be tend to be, you know, in that 25 to 40 range. So you got to treat them a little differently. And he said, it was hard for me. That's why I hired my daughter, this Val Victorian, went to Oklahoma, swimmer, very successful person. She can handle it better, but it's like it's a skill. So I, I like if you think about it, like Tom's forty-five. <laughs> you know, Tom, so, so dealing with Tom, his generation. Tom went to college in the mid-nineties. What the hell does he have in common with the dude that just graduated? Lloyd Alabama? Carr. Yeah, in two thousand twenty-three. Well, it, it, he might have something in common with the dude from Alabama, from Saban's program, maybe a little. True, that's a bad example. Lincoln Riley, whatever. But I do think if you've noticed these Patriot guys kind of offended almost because now it feels like shitting on Belichick, which is in a weird way, shitting on them and their operation. Like, fuck you guys. Like, you know, we kicked everyone's ass. And I, I think it's kind of gone the other way where if you think about Tom Brady senior, you kind of got to support. Cause if Belichick is just the village idiot, it, it discredits a little bit. Just like, I don't know, one of the greatest operations we've ever seen in human history. <laughs> right. So Edelman, I've seen these, some of these guys clap back. Even Brady has gone full support because you are in the boat for those 20 years. With Like, he was part of the group. Yeah. And now it's like they're hiring Dan Quinn and Mike McDonald over him. You're like, those guys got to be like, this is nuts. Yeah, I mean, maybe, it's, maybe it was a bad interview, John. Maybe it was just a bad interview for Bill. Uh, or maybe Bill doesn't want to be what he has to be for these people to hire him, right? He doesn't. I mean, like, how how could Belichick walk into an interview at seventy two years old with, let's just say, literally one hundred plus million dollars in the bank slash stocks or whatever, 
on top of money that he has other places <laughs> and play the politician role that all these coaches are playing in interview. It would be hard. Well, he's even Vrabel. Earned- Vrabel's really rich. It would be difficult if you're Mike Vrabel to sit there and like just kiss ass. I, I, I think. Yeah, I mean, Bill is the ultimate. He's earned the right to say my way or the highway. And as long as he's willing not to coach NFL football, then he can say it, right? Like, to what degree does – and he may not want to coach it somebody else's way. And that's not, to me, even about the workforce, which is a legitimate point by you. That's about, like, the owners and the GMs. And, like, the irony of this whole thing is when you're interviewing with people, they are the ones with the power you're trying to get, right? If exactly. you're like, with a general I, manager. I, I would push back and go, Bill – at this point in time, like, does anyone want you to be the grand poobah, do everything? Like, maybe change your tune a little bit on the GM. But, like, my coaching downfalls would be a hard one for me if I'm Bill. And I think he he's always taken a lot of pride in, like, a couple years ago, remember, he's like, we've had it pretty good around here for a long time. The GM, the, hey, Bill, you need some help. That To me, that's a valid question. I don't care. Warren Buffett probably has some deficiencies. But I could understand the coaching. Like, hey, uh, Terry Fontenot over here, this GM who's been here for three years, averaged seven wins a season, has some thoughts on your uh, philosophical beliefs on defense. Like, Bill, I, I did a study. <laughs> <laughs> that, that That's where I could see him being like, guys, I'm leaving. I, I'm walking out. How about the story that did you see? Did you read the athletic article on the Jets? I was just uh, in the old restroom with the iPad, and I, I read the breakdown of – of the highlights of it, like when the Zach Wilson leaked that he didn't want to start or whatever late in the season and Sala gathered the group, screamed, threatened to take phones and said, if you come clean, right, this is a great like father move. So good. If you come clean right now, you won't be in trouble. But if I catch you lying a day later, there'll be hell to pay. I don't even know if you're allowed to say that in society in 2024 to your children, but you, that was a lot can, to yeah. me. <laughs> and uh, Robert, I, I can imagine people in that room had to be thinking, like, should I get a job somewhere else? Because I don't know if this is going far. Yeah, it's, I mean, uh, the OC, uh, uh, Paul Hackett's son, Nathaniel Hackett, gets skewered in the piece, just like not a good communicator, not ready, not like, you know, doesn't meet with the rest of the offensive staff to the last minute for the game plan. Uh, Zach Wilson thought he was going to have an open line to Aaron and then, like, never hears from him. <laughs> uh uh, so, oh, and then the one that I, the one that he was in LA, was, you know, doing dolphins at one point, And this is where, you know, it's going bad, John, because the coach has big responsibilities. Sala does a study himself of great quarterbacks and coaches. And it's like Belichick's record without Brady, you know, I don't know, Sean Payton's record without breeze. Like, he's like, look without Rogers, what do you expect from me? Which is, I do think not completely illegitimate, but like, I just, the idea he's of played Sala, five snaps for the guy. <laughs> The, not even <laughs> the idea of Sala on footballreference.com going like, all right, breeze. Oh, three to 19. So Peyton, his record is minus 33 from one Oh nine. You know, it's just bad situation, bad situation. I somehow, somehow I get on rabbit holes. If you follow a couple people, like, on Instagram in the golf industry, there's a really small feels like the six degrees of seven, Kevin Bacon where you could be just in two pictures scrolling through of like him with Phil Mickelson or him with the CEO of Accentra or just whatever. And I was scrolling through this one guy who has like, I, I don't know if he's a VP at TaylorMade or he's Rory's. I don't know what his role is, but I was just scrolling. He had some cool picks. That's part of it, right? He's at these cool golf courses. And I come on a picture. It's Pebble Beach 18 with the backdrop of the water. Four guys, Billy, Jimmy, and Willie, all VPs and CEOs. And then with a huge smile, now it's four years ago, looking jacked, tan, Sala. <laughs> you know, so. I, Woody opened right. some doors. Jets opened some doors. Hey, I'd want to keep that job. I'd want to keep that job. We always heard. Remember we heard, were you there when uh, he he goes to courses and like does their ratings or something? Uh, did, was that a Bob Lang story? I thought like he's like an elite golfer. You know, he's like, like a, a secret. He's like a secret shopper or whatever. Wait, no, you send him to whatever country club X. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he plays it, and that like one twenty five when you turn in your handicap, like he adjusts that as ah. Uh, like, that was like his side gig. I don't know. While well, he was an NFL coach, which seems a little crazy to me. Yeah, not you know, not necessarily what you look for in the interview. 
NFL coach, seven kids, side gig, golf guy. Like that's that's a lot going on. Was that was that once upon a time a Colin take? Like if golf is one of your hobbies, I don't want you as my football coach. But like I, I don't want a good back. golfer. Like I don't want a good. Go- but now some of these guys are naturally just good golfers. I get it. I push back on that. I, I think it's hard when you're not like, uh, you know, Colin's not a country club guy, so he hangs out at these other clubs. Like some people. Now, Romo plays a lot of golf, and that might be part of But a lot of people just like, that's where they go to get out of the house. Some people just go hang out at the gym. Like, some people just go to hang out. A lot of people just hang out at the office. People just like right. getting out of the house. Right, right. You know? So it's I, I push back on that a little bit. But uh, Mike, I, I, there's some validity. Well, I was watching the No Laying Up live stream from Pebble the other day, and they were they were like, Josh Allen was hitting on the course as they were talking, and the guy comes, one of them comes over. He's like, I just saw Josh Allen warming up. He's like, that was a scene. It's like flubbed a fifty six, hit a had a seven iron, seven grooves too low. You know, like that's what you know. It's like he's probably his base level without practicing is probably pretty damn good, but it's not. I mean, they finally wised up on Turner, and they're putting real golfers on that thing this year. But but, but is he a good example, like him and watching Mahomes in the match shaking all over the place, uh, Kelsey? Like, dude, do, do, does anyone feel like golf? Who all those guys? Josh is he quits the Pro Bowl, which isn't anything now, but like refuses under no circumstance will go to the Pro Bowl. If Pebble is that weak, he's yeah. turned it down like three yeah. straight years <laughs> to play with Keith Mitchell. He's not playing with Phil yeah. or Tiger. Keith Mitchell is this guy. And, but no one goes, oh, it's taken away from his, him beating the Chiefs, right? He, right, right. But he literally can't is, play. Now he can't play in Buffalo. He's a, know? he's a natural, right? He's, a, I just want to go, you know, I think the, the line of delineation is like, are you a two handicap because you're just a natural or are you a two because you're grinding three days a week at the range? Did you see they asked, you have to put your home club? On the pebble thing, do yeah. you see what Aaron Rodgers put? Uh, no, I didn't. What do you put? Three Jack National. The fuck is three Jack National? It's just it's this guy online. It's made it up. You know, three oh. putt nat. Like three, I three put a lot. Like he's it- made up a club. Like he doesn't have one. You know. <laughs> they, Tom Brady, you got to put your occupation too. You know, for the quarterbacks, they just put quarterback. right, right. Tom Tom Brady wrote CEO. <laughs> That's good. <laughs> That is, but it's like Tom just of, of Brady brand. It, to me, what would have been funny if he would have like, wrote an unemployed, unemployed quarterback or something like Rogers having fun with it. Yeah, yeah, I love you. See that a lot on the internet where somebody's like a CEO. It's like, oh, who's in the company? Well, just me. Yeah. <laughs> I'm a CEO of uh, Prestige Worldwide. So, uh, John, it's it's Thursday morning. By the time someone's watching this or listening to this, Thursday midday. Cam Newton's in the news. <laughs> Uh, my favorite part of every Cam Newton Brock Purdy breakdown is just how he says Brock Purdy and that Cam has realized what everybody else in the media already knew and uh, what players realize when they transition from being players to being in the media is that some things are good content and you should keep doing those things. So uh, he said today that, um, and I had the video, but I'm afraid it'll make the thing crash, that uh, Brock is, I could try and play it, let's see. Uh, just because it's it's so much better in his voice. That's the thing. If I'm just repeating quotes, then let's see if this works. Never said that Brock Purdy was trash. What I did say is Brock Purdy is a game manager. That's not hate. That's just what I feel to be facts. There guy goes. Broke him down. I'm personally pretty tired of Cam Newton, but his outfits are funny. No one wears the hat with the straight cowboy flat better than cam it's it's a pretty good look i, I like it all right that's enough I, of that there but. i i do think no one right now wears that kind of flat hat uh cam is elegant might be the wrong word but i don't unique, think it's the wrong he, word he, he does pull it off i'll give him that he pulls it off i think you might be right i think cam's elegant he does pull it off so i was thinking about through- this yesterday that if you were a guy like cam right your defining moment professionally. I guess his probably defining moment as a football player. I mean, his greatest moment was, I don't know, go to Auburn for one year and lead them to a national championship. Like it's hard. That's better than anything he did in the pros. And he had a good pro career, obviously. Went to a Super Bowl. I was at the Super Bowl and it was pretty embarrassing. That was good. I had at the time like as much money as I could scrap up, probably like $1,800. 
and put it all on the Denver Broncos. Good pick. <laughs> but he was he was bad. And remember that moment there was after the game when he was interviewing in Levi Stadium and he was like sitting there and talking about not going after the fumble. His highlight of his career was leading a team to a Super Bowl. Like, and it's it's a big deal, right? I don't care whether you're Mahomes or you know Trent Dilfer being like I was a starting quarterback on a team that got to the Super Bowl. Like it doesn't get that much better than that professionally in, in football. And Purdy's already done it. So I, I was thinking about all these guys that try to discredit him. It discredits the wrong word, but just have the negative slight when it's like, guys, he's an eight hundred fifty thousand dollar to pick two sixty two who's starting on a team. And he's been the starting quarterback for four playoff wins in two years. It's unheard of. It's unprecedented given his draft status for what's going on. It will probably the likelihood of ever seeing it again is slim to none. But think how many guys like on like former players, good players, right? Guys that like started in the league for years, guys that were higher draft picks, made the playoffs like one time in seven years or a couple times and never won a playoff game. Like that's a lot. Think about like great players of the last like decade, like JJ Watts and stuff that never had any. Didn't do anything in the playoffs. It's not their fault, but their like team kind of sucked. Joe Thomas. Did you say Joe Thomas? Yeah, he's a good – he never even made it, right? I mean, think about some of these guys that look – and this guy who's, you know, as, as the guy said in Rudy, you're five foot nothing. You're 150 pounds of nothing. You know, he's just he's just kind of – to them, to most NFL players, Purdy's tiny. Even that, that video that kind of went viral of Bosa talking to him like, bro, how are you – how the fuck is this happening? Like this guy – is like the number one high school recruit, goes to Ohio State, the number one pick in the draft is like a sophomore, playing with the best of the best. He's like, how are you doing this? <laughs> you know? And he's no dummy. Like, no matter how good you are at all these other positions, your quarterback has to function in modern-day football. Like, you you can't you can't circumvent the quarterback like you could when we were younger, right? Like, and just get away with Trent Dilfer. Because the defenses are never going to be that good again. So you can't just have a, you know... It's borderline impossible to be good with the 24th best quarterback. Like even Jimmy in 19 was, you know, what the 13th or best quarterback in the league. You know, he's top 15 quarterback for sure that year. The other years closer to the middle of the pack and they were holding on for dear life. Like they had to get some serious luck. Like this guy's clearly been a fringe, you know, top seven, eight quarterback this year, right? Throughout the course of the aggregate of the season. Right. So is Dak. You get bad games, right? You, you not every game's perfect, but I, I think it makes a lot of guys bitter. I, I really do. Because this isn't about like the money. A lot of these guys are rich. A lot of these guys got fame. But it's just like they know that level is you work your entire career to get to the opportunity to get to these spots. And this guy's just in these spots nonstop now. I I gotta take it's like a debate. I gotta take notes. There's like three things you said I wanna react to one i was talking to our boy ethan strauss the other day and it i was like you know coaches always say it's about the jimmies and the joes it's about the players but if you ask players they're always like all i need is a coach to put me in position to be my best right like a coach can either elevate them or hold them back and i think that's part of it for players too it's like man i wish i don't know if cam would say this rg3 would try to talk him out of it but like I wish I could have played in one place on a team this talented, right? With all these guys around me where I came kind of, he had a really good he did it, but he, 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 did. He, had, he had good players around him. But I'm just saying like, I think that's part of it for, for a lot of guys that feel like they didn't get to be their best. And this guy's only doing this because he gets to be the best version of himself. The first thing you said about playing in this position, I, I, I think it's probably one of the reasons Alex seems to really respect Brock. Alex played, I'm just looking right now, Alex Smith played in seven playoff games, which is actually a little more than I expected. He he made the playoffs four different years with Kansas City. He, I forget like how long he was Kansas City's quarterback. Um, he was two and five in the postseason. Alex Smith won, never won two games in the same postseason. I think he's a good example of somebody who like understands how tough it is. I don't know if you saw his clip last week where he's like, is the official president of the Game management club. I'm here to say Brock is not in our club. Yeah. Um, I thought that was, I thought that was really telling, you know, I think Brock's age is a part of this. Like you, if Brock is this guy year seven, it's a different conversation, but is this guy year two, this guy year two is just doesn't exist most years. Um, 
So I mean, I, I looking at Cam's MVP season in 2015, he, uh, you know, the run game, Jonathan Stewart and Mike Tolbert were really dominant little run background, especially with Cam. But like Ted Ginn was their second best wide receiver. Who is their number one receiver? Moosin Muhammad? Greg, Greg Olson. Oh, a tight end. Okay. Who and was a really good? I mean, 77 catches, 1,100 yards, seven times. I mean, Greg Olson was a really good player. And their defense was loaded, right? Yeah. I mean, Thomas Jones Ke- and Ke- Keekley's. And yeah, they, they were good. Keekley, uh, Thomas Davis. Thomas Davis. Uh, Josh Norman was, you know, not the 49er version back then. <laughs> uh, yeah, shit. They had Roman Harper, who the SEC Network guy was a really good player. I remember watching him, Charles Tillman. I mean, they, yeah, they had good players. The defense was loaded. Sean, you, I mean, Sean McDermott was their defensive coordinator. Yeah. In Cam's, like, one, one valid point of Cam, which is, I don't know if he, I, I didn't watch the whole clip that was going viral because I, I couldn't make it past like 20 seconds. He's not wrong of, like, on my team that went 15 and one and went to the NFC or the Super Bowl. I was the best player on, especially on offense. You could say him and Luke Keekley, right? But like I was, and I, you know, I was the best player. And he's not wrong. Like Brock Purdy is not the best player on the 49ers offense. His Brock Purdy would tell you that. He, he already has. I mean, he said, I'm not even the MVP of my own team, right? But yeah, I mean, I, you you can't function without you can't get to this point in this level of football without good quarterback play. It's just impossible. Look at all the quarterbacks. I mean, one reason the Eagles kind of crumbled is like Jalen kind of wasn't that good. One reason the Lions made a lot of noise, like Jared Goff was pretty good, <laughs> right? Uh, look at the pat. Why the Packers really come on? Because Jordan Love was kind of balling. Yeah, you, you got to have a good quarterback play in 2024. It's impossible not to, and, or your quarterback has to make plays like Purdy did, definitely with his legs. Do you uh, remember um, Trevor Moad? He's like, oh, sorry, what were you gonna say? Yeah, no, sorry, go. No, uh, Trevor Moad was he, he died a couple years ago, but he was like Russell Wilson's mental performance coach. And he yeah, wrote, yeah, the guy that passed, the guy that people in Seattle think that his career kind of fell off once that guy passed away. Yeah. And he wrote a book, which I've read the cover, and the title of the book is It Takes What It Takes. And uh, I think it's a great quote. Like, it takes what it takes, right? And here are the 49ers. They're in the Super Bowl. And it takes what it takes. What it takes for this team is McCaffrey, Trent Williams, Fred Warner, Nick Bosa, Debo, Kittle, Ward, Greenlaw, Ayuk, Purdy. Go look at every team that wins a championship. They've got a really crowded top 10 list of best players. Now, his argument is this guy, you know, Brock can't be a certain type of guy if he's not the number one guy on the list but um it really and i think one of the reasons you probably hate this topic same reason i i don't hate the topic i just, it, if it wasn't cam saying i'm interested because cam said it um but it doesn't really matter where brock purdy is on the list at all all that matters is he's got a chance to beat patrick mahomes in a week and they can't beat patrick mahomes if brock purdy doesn't play a good football game like it can't be done and if he does it they win a super bowl Something they haven't done since Steve, something Steve Young did as the starting quarterback one time. I just feel like this topic is, it happens sometimes in golf when you have extra holes with two guys and you don't just like, well, let's just start playing random holes. You just play the same hole over and over. It's like, we're just going back to 18. And when they do it, like, and they just keep both getting pars or birdie in the same time and they play it seven straight times. You're like, we got to mix it, go to a different hole. Like, can we just go to like, instead of 18, go to 14? I can't fucking watch the same hole, these same shots. I, I can't do it anymore. And I, I've done it before. I remember at actually a TPC Cantlay and Scheffler a couple years ago, went for like five straight times on hole 18. And it's like, they're hitting it to the same spot. They're both getting it. It's like, this is so repetitive. And that's what I feel like the Purdy thing is just the repetitive nature of it, which it's not going to end. But I do think it gets worse if he loses if the Niners lose, even if he plays well, it, it's going to get accelerated. If he wins, it will not die either, but you'll just always oh. have Super Bowl champion. Okay, so let me ask you this, because this is what I said the other day, and I want to know if you agree with this, because I think if he wins, I don't think it dies down either. Because I, I, it just, people say like, all right, well, let's see him do it when he gets expensive. Like it doesn't end, this, these things, these arguments don't end in like a game. I would, my argument is that 
if you if you went through Steph like, Curry had to literally the only way to shut people up was like 10 years later carry a fucking team that even Draymond admitted on his podcast which is back and like doing like three a week right now that he's like it's crazy but he needed that moment to carry in a team that clearly wasn't as good as the previous team he was already like one of the greatest players we've ever seen everyone's like I can't say anything at this point that it was took, Steph Curry it took Brady winning like two more than Montana yeah, like 23, I guess. Yeah, fuck. He's got to be the guy now. <laughs> Part of it is you have to make the argument painful to counter argue. It's like, ah, I don't want to be, I don't want seven people to pile on. My argument is that the people who think per, the pro Purdy people, the evangelicals, like on the extreme end of the pro Purdy and the haters, if they're the two ends of the spectrum, I think the evangelicals started this. I think they're the ones that started this. Nobody starts out by going like, I hate the guy drafted last. It's not until somebody tries to tell you that guy is great that then you go, well, I mean, come on, not great, right? So I think the evangelical started this, which is why I don't think the Niners winning a Super Bowl ends it, because I think it will only make that side of the argument emboldened. So I think it'll piss the other people off even more, you know, because McCaffrey will go for like 120. Debo will have a touchdown. You know, Moody will hit six field goals. You know, all these things will happen uh, because that's what has to happen to win a championship. I think human nature is for people to dislike others that are more successful than them. And I think what makes these arguments unique with the former players is like, they're all pretty successful. Like to get to this level, I say it all the time. Like I'm always actually more comfortable. The older I get being more critical with coaches than I am the players. Like some of these guys are like 23. It's like, yeah, they fucking fought. Like Gibbs fumbled the ball. You think he meant to fumble the ball? He went the wrong way. Like I blame them for, sorry, I'll wait to, Follow up on my, that my point, point is, it there are elements of guys getting handed stuff as players. Trey Lance was handed the starting job; he didn't earn it, right? But he was handed it because of the uh, of what they had to pay to get him, right? When I sign, if Hargrave had had a bad training camp, he's still starting for the 49ers come week one. Like you are handed stuff financially, or once the financials are determined or draft status is determined. But over the course of time as a player, it's impossible if you're the number one overall pick for Jamarcus Russell to be a 10-year starter if he sucks. Impossible. What Derek Carr accomplished is almost unheard of, right? Never really makes the playoffs, makes a lot of money, just but somehow just keeps his starting job. Like That is very rare. Usually you just get replaced or traded or moved or whatever. In coaching, like it's about truly a lot like most humans jobs who you know so there are a lot of coaches in the sport of football in prominent roles coordinator jobs that probably shouldn't have them or, or that aren't as good aren't as good and other guys should have or maybe shouldn't get a second chance right 100 and once you get in that mix of like this guy's a coordinator and then they just stay in it now there are also a lot of very qualified guys you know ben johnson mike mcdonald two coordinators clearly are elite Right now, we'll find out if Mike McDonald's a good coordinator, but or a good head, head coach, coach, but as a coordinator. But like Purdy, to earn, like he had to earn his spot. He had opportunities break his way, but then once he got it, he earned it and he and he kept it. But I I do think just a lot of people resent when a guy gets to earn that spot in a better situation. Yeah, you know it's weird. Like, look at Jalen Hurts. Second round pick. If Jalen had gone to just a sh- way shittier situation, which any anytime you get drafted past like pick, you know, start going second, third round, like any team can trade up, get you. You, you never know. You, it's just easy to go to the Eagles, the Niners, or the Rams as it is to go to the Carolina Panthers. Could he just be some backup quarter? You know, just opportunity sets everything. Cam Newton's argument is like, I, I you could have put me anywhere. And he's right. I mean, he's one of the great physical talents of all time. And, and that's where, like, I, I, that's where I think his argument is kind of, or his stance, like he has a unique perspective, right? Like, Josh Allen's got to be thinking, like, fuck, without me, this team would suck. You're saying Cam has a unique perspective? Yeah, but, but, yeah. and he's, you know, with some, like, Josh Allen right now, if you're bullshit with a bit ATT over some beers, if in a moment of just pure, like, honesty, you'd be like, you guys know if you took me off the Buffalo Bills and put in, just average quarterback X, that team's winning four games. Well, if you told Josh you could trade him to the Niners right now, would he take that deal or stay in Buffalo? 
I mean, I think he would want to get traded to the Niners. Oh, I, I mean, ma- maybe he's been there long enough. Yeah, like, all that. But close. like, yeah, that's what he would prefer. You know, if you said like, no one will blame you, like that whole thing, like it'll be fine. Like, look at Christian. Look at Christian. Right. Look at Christian. You know what's, you know Christian what's was headed though? towards Mike Trout's career, John. And this then is going to sound crazy. Christian McCaffrey this on the Niners. Out. Butcherbox.com slash ham and another special deal. Free for a year. You get salmon, chicken breast, or steak tips in every order for a year, plus an additional 20 bucks off right now at butcherbox.com slash ham. Been telling you about it for years. Been eating it for years on a regular basis. Easily find high-quality meat and seafood. You can trust 100% grass-fed beef, free-range organic chicken, pork-raised, crate-free, and wild-caught seafood. Always be prepared with meat in the freezer when you get butcherbox.com slash ham delivered right to your doorstep with free shipping. Butcherbox is offering you free for a year plus an additional 20 bucks off either salmon, chicken breast, or steak tips in every order for free. Sign up today at butcherbox.com slash ham and use the code ham to choose your free offer for a year plus get $20 off your first order. What's up, everybody? It's your old friend, John Middlecoff. I'm here to tell you about our friends at Game Time. Here's what I need you to do. Go to your smartphone, download a little app called Game Time. Baseball season's in full swing. Oracle Park. Been there a million times. Never doesn't live up to the hype. Go get yourself some garlic fries, a brewski, maybe uh, some ice cream. They have very good Ghirardelli ice cream there. And when you do that, Promo code HAM. So download the Game Time app. Your first pair of tickets, promo code HAM, H-A-M. Save $20. The A's, only going to be in the Bay Area for the rest of this season. You probably can basically go for free. Just buy a pair of tickets to any baseball game. They also have comedy shows if you want to check one of those out, or concerts. Game Time app, promo code HAM. Save yourself $20. We don't even need a thank you. Just hammer that promo code. The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. This is going to sound crazy because I I do have a lot of respect for Cam, the player, his physical talents. He was pretty inaccurate quarterback. Accuracy was not his strength, right? And toward the end, once he got hurt, his accuracy was like one of the worst you've ever seen. But in his prime, I mean, special, special talent. What was his MVP year? 63%, 62%? Yeah, I, I, don't, I don't I delete, I exited out. But I don't think he would have been a great fit, for example, on the Niners. He wouldn't, he wouldn't be great in this offense. Well, He's Kyle not an accurate, no touch. And but but Kyle doesn't like doing that. No, right. So that's we saw Kyle even attempt. Now he is fifty nine point eight. His MVP he is year infinitely better than Trey. As I mean, he's one of the great runners of all time. He's probably the best power runner we've ever seen. But he would have been terrible on the Niners because you run Kyle's offense. There's no. He tried to adapt and he immediately fucking hated. And he traded the guy so fast your head spun. So it's like with I did it with Robert, right? Who? Robert Griffin. But he hated that too. No, no, I understand. I agree with you. Yeah. They literally scrapped their offense to run that offense and he oh. just didn't like it. What when does a team like teams don't think we want to run that offense? Let's find the guy to run that offense for us. Now, sometimes you're drafting number one and that's the most talented guy, and you want to have him hit the ground running, so you do it. But no team has – somebody correct – I don't think any team has ever been like, 
you know what we want to do? We want to run that Panthers offense. Let's go find the guy to run it for us. They they all still prefer somebody who can complete 66% of his passes first and well, foremost. I bet if you're talking to the Ravens, this season was, obviously it ended really shitty, but they enjoyed being able to transition a little more to a more passing heavy offense. Like they're not as dependent on Lamar running. Then went too right? far. But, he, but he's much more accurate than Cam. Yeah. So this gets back to like before your computer crashed. Which time? The uh, the second when you were playing the Cam Newton audio to the people. I, I did watch the part where Cam goes, he's not the best player on the offense. Chris, he didn't even hesitate. He said Christian McCaffrey. Well, why does he say that? Because he played with Christian and he views Christian as kind of an equal. Like this guy's a fucking stud. So he respects Christian as an elite talent. You know, you could be right or wrong, but if I walk in and I'm Whitney Houston or Usher or Justin Timberlake, it's going to take a lot to view someone on my level, right? It's like, why do you think Justin Timberlake and Chris Stapleton are good buddies? Because all of a sudden he hears this guy, he says, Jesus Christ, right? But if you just ask Justin Timberlake, there are probably people in music over the last decade making a ton of money, but he's not going to be like, yeah, this guy's not on my level. Right, and it's no different than Christian McCaffrey, who saw first, or I mean, Cam firsthand. This guy's elite, man. It's to me that's because you could have easily said like you could say Debo or Trent Williams, but his experience with Christian and seeing how good the guy was, because early on Christian was special, kind of immediately, and Cam was a quarterback. And I bet Cam goes, if you would have gave me that, Jonathan Stewart was a good player. But imagine if giving Christian McCaffrey to Cam and. 2013. It would have been like Kaepernick in college. Like the two runners. Kaepernick in college, there were three 1,000-yard runners, which had never happened before on the same team. But it would have been a really – Because Cam it goes – could have been something special. Because here's I bet what Cam would say. Well, I said Greg Olson. They got Kittle. Imagine if I also had Christian McCaffrey and Debo. Right. How much better we would have been. Yeah. I, I, but, I guess I just res- – I, I respect it coming – I don't necessarily agree, but I, I do think he has a, just a unique perspective because he's like, I went to a dog shit franchise, and without me, that fucking franchise sucks when I'm good. And I and he won't admit his flaws, but flawed player, but an elite talent. I don't, I, and I've said this from the beginning, when the first time he got into this, uh, into the uh, conversation business with uh, Purdy, I don't play any of this Cam stuff to mock Cam. Like I am, I'm int- I am interested in Cam Newton's perspective, even if I don't think it's, you know, I, I think I, I'm interested in Cam Newton's perspective, period. Right. Would, like, Cam, would Cam Newton be the number one pick in the draft this season with Caleb Williams in it? Knowing what we know about him as a pro, like if you knew he'd be a 60% passer as a career passer, no, 59.9 actually. But now, if you're talking about the college prospect that was Cam Newton, how could Maybe. you stand the two next to him and not take that guy number one? It, it, yeah, I mean, besides like Andrew Luck, it'd be very, very hard. To, like Cam Newton is just one of those in the history of the. If, if we just went back like forty years, I mean, he's the number one pick in ninety-five percent of them. I mean, back in the eighties yeah. and nineties, accuracy wasn't as important. <laughs> right, you just look at the well the accuracy. It was harder. Yeah, I mean, it was just it was hard. It was accuracy was lower. <laughs> He has some like 1981 accuracy numbers, unfortunately, right? That's the downfall yeah. for Cam. But but he's a guy that could have played. Here's another argument I think he would make. You could throw me in the 70s with me and Joe Green running after me. You know I could physically hang. No one right. would even debate that. Right. And I would say, Cam, you're going to pick on Purdy here, but I think you could pick on a lot of guys. Like the the Russell Wilson... There was a sea change in the sport of football where a, a guy that was six foot or under, you, you didn't even talk that long of like, yeah, this guy could be the number one pick. Most of our life would be like, a guy's going like the fourth round. Every quarterback I've ever met from 2005 before fucking looks like Clay Thompson. They are huge. If you, Brock Purdy, if you didn't know anything about football and he just walked in, you wouldn't look twice. If Eli Manning, Peyton Manning, Carson Palmer and Philip Rivers walked into a restaurant and you didn't know shit about football, you would look immediately. You'd be like, those guys are massive, right? Well, the quarterbacks from like the 80s and 90s now weigh more in retirement than the offensive linemen who retire now because those guys immediately, you know, like they slim down and they look 
Fantastic. The quarterbacks, to your point, like they're six five. They just their frame holds a lot of weight. You see some of these guys, you wouldn't guess quarterback. You'd guess tight end, right? If you see like uh, Scott Mitchell, is a big dude. Well, a like, big what, ass dude. I mean, what do you think Peyton weighs right now? Two thirty, right? Two thirty five. He, I don't think he's added. I don't know if he's added weight. He's probably lost some muscle. One hundred percent. Maybe. <laughs> Sometimes I just look on the Monday Night Broadcast at Troy's hands. And Troy's not the Troy's tallest big. guy. No. I think he's probably 6'3". His hands are huge. But could Cam have played that the way he played in 1968? You know, he got hurt a lot as it was in 2015, you know, or 16. Can you play? How long can you play that way in any era? In this era, you can't play that way long, right? No matter your Run size. Around? Yeah. I think you can play longer running all the time. Now, I, I played golf with a guy yesterday who played football in Nebraska in the mid two thousands. Big former line. Tommy Frazier. No, but he he was just like a started. He said his junior and senior year they they were solid. It was like Callahan and Solich were his coaches. But he was saying that the craziest part about the sport now, you know, he lives in the Midwest still. He's a Chiefs fan. Is the size of linebackers. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, back in the day, like when I was growing up or when I first got to linebackers would be 255, 260 pounds. LeVon Kirkland, some of these guys, Gary Plummer. I mean, these guys were huge. Ken Norton Jr. They were massive. Just run down the gap and meet Lorenzo Neal or Mike Allstott one on one ISO and the other guy come behind you and make the tackle. It was just collision. You watch Fred and Dre play now. It's like this. Well, even think about Harbaugh's linebackers. Yeah, they, they were kind of the last of a dying breed. Even Bobby Wagner, you could tell, as is a bigger guy. You mm-hmm. know, he's and the 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 we were talking like you, you don't mind a linebacker being two hundred and thirty ish, two hundred thirty five pounds. The Chiefs are full of them, and they fly around. Yeah. Funga, you can have these like hybrid safety that are kind of linebackers that weigh two hundred twenty pounds because the game's much more lateral than it is vertical. You you could not be that weight with Lorenzo Neal in his prime coming. He would fucking drive you back 10 yards. He was hitting the Kirkland. They were stalemating. But, I mean, these guys, but no one plays that way. So I'm not trying to talk shit about it. It's just the game, Cam's team with him, Jonathan Stewart, and Tolbert. I remember going to a game at Candlestick. Those backs were just. Well, remember Tolbert killed somebody. Eric Reed, I think he was. Eric Reed, yeah. Mike Tolbert. Destroyed him. Yeah. Uh, all right. I think we should do every show we do. We should just do like a check-in update. Check-in on that. Where, where are you at on Niners Chiefs as of uh, Thursday, February 1? Do you know what I appreciate about uh, injury reports what? during this during this uh, time, you know, oh. like playoff games or whatever? You see the highlight from the Warriors game. Blake up invites them all. Kittle shows up, walking around with Claire. They're just like, woo, 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 just doing this. Next day, Kyle's like, yeah, he's day-to-day with the toe, won't practice. <laughs> like, what? What is going on? It's just, but the best part about football, unlike basketball, if this was the NBA, you wouldn't see him beat for three weeks. He might miss a playoff game. In football, people are like, what? what? Just say it's a veteran's day off or whatever. No, I'm not saying he didn't hurt his toe in previous weeks, but I, I just saw the guy walking, high-fiving everyone as he's going. He's, now, there's a difference between walking on a basketball court and tennis shoes than there is running around uh justin reed but come on i mean he, he's about you as likely report to, it, john you can't get he's sued. about as likely to miss the super bowl as i would be uh getting the call from john lynch hey we need a we need an extra body for super bowl practice john you still have that jersey number what number were you 65 john Did you, you still got it? that 65 i may need you to put it on aaron banks, aaron banks gave up three pressures last week no cough <laughs> can you do better uh no i agree he's not uh uh these guys are pretty these guys are in pretty good shape i mean i don't know if you saw the thing last week where shanahan somebody asked him about how tough diamador lenore is like you know lenore like what a competitor he's like yeah you know demo was the guy that got me in trouble his first year here because he posted a practice video of himself jamming a receiver and we got in trouble for it but you gotta love it you know like he he said i got fined I got fined. Yeah. Uh, so, um, you know, we were That's technical- a great, can you imagine starting a new job <laughs> and getting the boss fined his own money? 
his even if it was twenty grand or ten grand, and being like, "How is this guy ever going to look at me the same?" And in fairness to Kyle, how could you immediately? Like you're gonna, you better prove yourself, little buddy. <laughs> no wonder Ambry Thomas was playing as a rookie and not Lenore. Kyle's doghouse is funny though. Like if you cost him ten thousand, but you play hard and make a couple plays, I think he would take that over, uh, you know, loafing and being cost effective. I think the problem is as a rookie in an OTAs or whatever that like rookie minicamp posting that you're just, you have so much ahead and you're like, I can't believe I'm starting out. Like what an idiot. (laughs) I think it was rookie minicamp. I'm sure when they called him into the office, he probably had no idea why. Right. Probably never crossed his mind. I mean, he's just trying to show like his boys back in college. Not only am I in the NFL, but look at me messing dudes up. They're like, hey, man, this is just a tryout player. <laughs> that is not Debo. <laughs> but in fairness, like, think how cool it would be to be putting on the jersey. You're at an NFL team playing for the Niners. Make a play. Crushing this dude at the line of scrimmage. Absolutely. Yeah, we're not allowed to do press. Uh, yeah, I mean, I think he's their second best defensive back right now, you know? Yeah, they they miss Hufunga. They miss Hufunga, really, which not really hitting anyone right now. Back no, there. which I was gonna. I mean, Gibson did get the fumble, and I was gonna say to you when you were talking about blaming players and versus coaches, I blame the coaches after I saw Steve Wilkes do an interview with Mayoko, and he said, "Yeah, we know, we just know two six can be a little loose with the ball." Like their game plan was, we think we can get Gibbs to fumble. That was part of the Niners' defensive game plan. So, like, if you're the Lions, <laughs> they, you know they know can't that. catch them. Yeah. <laughs> So if you're the Lions, you know, maybe you put David Montgomery in, in that spot. But I blame the coaches. And that's an example to me of like, blame the coach a little more maybe than the player. I forgot. I have a hard time, you know, blaming a rookie running back who's fucking been incredible also. Uh, With the momentum reigning, you know, completely changed. Well, you know, Dave Forrest and Billy would tell you that doesn't exist. Yeah, well, whatever it is. I mean, the player. How are they, how are they still on that ledge? There's Players just, believe in it. The, everyone believes. It's just, it's correct. Like, there is anyone ever been to a game? Like, how, how could they believe so deep in their core that nothing exists emotionally? You know, I don't think they do, though, because I, I think they kind of acknowledged after they traded Cespedes, we're going to do Ace Talk, that it... it uh, no, I'm it, doing the, the, the... They are just the symbol for oh. the leading of the movement. That yeah, I but think like, I think specifically in. like David for, I like, I think if we had David here right now, he actually would not, he would say, no, I do. I do understand. They, I they're actually a bad example. Cause when they're good, their teams are usually like high character, like cool guy. Like they, swaggy. They factor, they're kind of swaggy. They, they factor in stuff. I think Maury and some of those guys are better that like, yeah. I mean, the percentage is 27 straight threes. If we did that a hundred times, it, only one out of 99, would we not make one? And it's like yeah. we had the percentages on our side. We do not. It's like they can. They they do the Kyle. Like no, we didn't screw up. We we do it. There's again. a trophy you get that says the percentages says we were right. Now, yeah, I don't think the weird part is everyone saying that momentum doesn't exist. Dan Campbell isn't thinking like Dan Campbell knows if I don't get this fourth down, and I don't kick the field goal here, and they get the ball back, and they go score to make it twenty four to fourteen. Or I guess they had a 10, so 24 to 17. I got a problem on my hands. Like, he's not, you know, it's like the argument is on the exterior of all this stuff. But it's not like the Lions are being like, we don't believe momentum exists. We did this. Like, no, he's not saying that. No, Dan knows before he makes the decision, this could cost me the game if it fails. He knows that. And he's saying, fuck it. (laughs) Which I'm good with that. Not only fuck it, like, this is what we do. And we've had so many times when we get it and we take all that momentum and take a giant dump on it and we've ruined everybody. Cause if they got it, he would say the momentum of the crowd is dead. Yeah. But it's a swing. It's a swing Which moment. Is, Kawakami's talked and written about this a lot in the last week. Like Kyle's thing is I'm never, I'm not trying to end the game early. If you try to end the game early, you might knock yourself out. Right. That's, and that was an example of that. Kyle's not built for shootouts. In the sense of his mind doesn't work like that, and sometimes it's too late. That's why I think sometimes that record of not coming back, he he's like playing this long, slow game. It's like this right. slow hike on snowshoes where you can't really walk fast. He knows he's going to summit, but he would never like 
he he's would never tortoise, try really hard really early. Tortoise yeah. in the hair. He's the tortoise. And it's 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 worked for him a lot. And he's a tortoise who leads the league in scoring most years. I, I, I do believe as long as he's got this quarterback on the rookie contract and his team is relatively, you know, one of the most talented teams, you can operate like that. You can't operate like that as your team becomes less talented. And this is where the pressure goes on your quarterback. Like, the Bills can't think like that, right? I mean, a lot of right. teams, they, right. you, you, he, he can't sustain this. You know, I think Saban has kind of had that over I think the it's, years. It's what really makes Harbaugh to the Chargers interesting. It's because he's got a quarterback that doesn't have to play that way with a, with a coach that does play that way. Like, we don't need you to throw 43 times, but boy, when we need you to make four special plays, our guy's got it in the bag. I think that's – it's why the Chiefs, without great – it, off- it felt like he let J.J. do it a little more. Yeah, he evolved a little bit, but still, I mean, I think it's fundamental to who he is. i say Herbert's a little better than J.J. You probably can't even see this. I don't know. Our buddy Jeff Schwartz just sent us this. Oh, you can't see it on the screen if you're watching. I'll read it for those listening to the podcast. Worst first-half differential – in the playoffs leading up to a Super Bowl appearance in NFL history. The worst is the 94 Chargers, who went on to get blown out by the 49ers, as you put in our text thread. Steve Young threw six touchdowns, no picks. The second worst point differential in the playoffs entering the Super Bowl, your 2023-2024 San Francisco 49ers, minus 16. Uh, all other teams on this list of one, two, three, four, five other teams with the worst point differentials in the playoffs leading to the Super Bowl lost the Super Bowl, and um, yeah, a few of them were close games. Seattle was getting their ass kicked by Green Bay at home that had Aaron Rodgers, who had just won the MVP. I mean, that was a that was a real opponent. <laughs> I mean, that was they, they should have lost the game. I do think that 2014, though, was independently very good. This is where it's weird, right? You're like that Seattle team could play all these Super Bowl champs and Hank. Do we agree there? Yep. Because they had just won the Super Bowl. They were better that year. So the Charger team clearly is one of the all-time frauds in Super Bowl history. I would say the Bills team, super young here, pretty sure like they were pretty good. Like th- those Bills teams, I know they didn't win win one. I, I think it's they've aged where everyone goes. They were a really good operation for three or four years. Now, I don't know where that 92 team ranks on the whatever of all their group of teams. Uh the 12 Niners are a good example of I'm pretty sure they were down 14 nothing pretty quickly in that Atlanta Falcons game. Julio Jones scored a touchdown early. I forget who they played the pre oh, I'm sorry, you talking about which team? I'm talking about the the 2012 minus 7 49er team. Yeah, 17 Did, I think. What? I think it was 17. 17 nothing? I think it was 17 nothing. Yeah, so but they had beat the the Packers the week before. Right in the second round, where Colin ran all over the place to get to that game. Yeah, seventeen nothing at halftime. Uh, I don't know the halftime score, but they were down seventeen nothing. No, what, it's, they were down seven. You know, but they but they were beating the Packers, so it was it was basically just that Falcons game. <laughs> Numbers kind of I don't want to say skewed because Falcons I, I game they were down seventeen nothing. Like uh, the Falcons scored quick. a touchdown to start the second quarter. Yeah, so it was seventeen nothing. Then it was seventeen seven at the half. Oh, uh, no, 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 no. It was 24-14 at the half. Jesus, that game was a shootout in the second quarter. So, just got to hope the Niners. Well, the question is, does this mean anything to you? I, I don't, this does not mean a lot to me. They have not been playing well. Do, are we agreeing there? Like the last two weeks. They were the better team well. in the regular season. The Chiefs have looked like the better team in the playoffs. The 49ers are, are playing Almost feels like their second worst stretch of the year. Yeah. In the postseason. Yeah. They're not their best right now. Or haven't looked like it. But then they've also been in positions that they weren't in during the year. And you know, what they did against the Lions in the second half was pretty good. Was actually yeah, I mean, actually. They've had battled through adversity. But I, I I do think for a team that's going to the Super Bowl that was the number one seed and had a seven hundred point differential and everyone said throughout the season they were the arguably the best team. It, it just makes you a little nervous what you've witnessed the last two weeks because now you're facing a, a much more uh, accomplished operation who's yeah. not as explosive as these other teams. So like some of the things that were 
hampering you. It's like, ah, oh, they don't, you know, they're not as quite as good on offense, and Travis is getting old, and but I, I do. It's hard to shake the last two. Like it's, it'd be hard for me if I felt good about this. I would put an astronomical amount of money on the 49ers. It's hard for me to do that right now, just because my confidence level. Even though I kind of think they're going to win, but, but I'm you'd not be kicking confident. yourself if they came out and looked bad. Yeah, because it's like we've just seen, or not even look bad, but just have just still been a little off. Like I would expect them after two weeks, the Super Bowl, to be a little more buttoned up than the last two weeks to start games. But I'm not as confident they're just going to roll like they do, like they have throughout the season. Because they, they they have not. And, and part of it is like, it's a lot of pressure playing big-time teams. It's hard. So if you're a little off, it gets exploited even more. The way they're playing, if this was the regular season, it might not have been as eye-opening, maybe. Uh, yeah, you know, that's a good point. You just go, hey, this is, you just got to win games. And, you know, you, especially if it's like, all right, they're five and two, they're six and two, they're seven and two, right? Different in the playoffs when extin- extinction is on the line every week. Um, I, I do think when your defense is like watching a baseball team that just like, God, they, no pitcher can get an out. Everyone's balls off the wall, balls over the wall, dudes all over the base pass. It's like our pitchers suck. When your defense, like that, the night against Kirk Cousins, the game against Joe Burrow, these last couple weeks, it's like, what is going on? It's, I'd say it's like equally deflating. When you can't get anyone out in baseball, your pitching staff, your bullpen sucks. And when your defense just gives up, it feels like anything they're going to call has a chance to work. And when your offense isn't humming, it's, it's a, it's a deflating feeling watching a team that way. It's true. Now, against the Packers, they were very good in the red zone. Against the Lions, they got... Now, Josh Reynolds dropped the ball, but they got some key stops. And, um, you know, that's kind of like, okay, your closer gets a couple strikeouts here with the bases loaded. And you wonder, can we sustain, you know, like this? Um, The Ravens' defense is a lot better right now than the 49ers. I think it's better than the Chiefs' defense, too, though. Yes, the best defense. (laughs) They tackle. You know, so I... The Chiefs' offense is not good relative to what they've been. Like this is this is not as good of an offense as these last two offenses you faced, especially the Lions, who I mean, you could argue it just feels like one of the best. Obviously, statistically they are, but like legitimately, one of the best offenses. They got it all. I mean, part of the problem with, with 49ers that, is like, yeah, their offensive line, besides Trent's got some issues. Like, you don't really feel that way with the Lions. No, uh, but they've got it all except. Uh, a plus plus like Jared's very good, but he could not overcome some of the things that happened late in that game that created, he had a drop, but he missed throws, right? Like I, I think Jared is the thing that keeps that offense from being a complete championship offense, even though he's a top 15. Pretty pretty misses throws. Yeah. Pretty misses throws too. There's no question, but in crunch time, he made a bunch of throws and he can run golf did not. And it was, I think as crazy as it sounds because him running is not part of his thing. But think about like Josh Allen. Think about Mahomes for all the great throws they make. Some of their best highlights are runs. Like the moments when you watch Mahomes, you go, holy shit, it's a run. Josh Allen has definitely had that had that multiple times in the playoffs. I think Purdy's most special moments, if they win the Super Bowl, I think his runs from that game against the Lions will go down to some of the season highlights, which it's like, well, you're not allowed to use that in the argument for he's a great quarterback, but I think it's actually going to, because it's just a special play. He made special plays, and I think he'll get he'll, the same way that happened with Lamar. If they'd won that game, I mean, Lamar made a couple of runs that were just, I mean, the throw to himself was a little goofy, but it was a great play by him. I mean, he beat the DB to the ball. He beat Justin Reed to the ball. It was up there for both of them. Lamar beat well, him I, to it. Listen, how many quarterbacks would have physically been able to get to the ball? Just get there, let alone in the, the, the history in the history of the NFL. Him, yeah, Tyler, so, Steve Young in 1984. I mean, it'd be, it's a short list. I think Brock's runs, Michael Vick, elevated Brock, and just like if you were talking Purdy. to a casual fan, you'd be like, "Burnt." Would you say, "Could Purdy get there?" Oh, Purdy. Uh no, because that ball does, that ball just goes like I don't. I, yeah, probably. I don't know. I don't know. Um, but anyway, I I thought that was like. That'll be a, one of those runs with his sock torn. Like sometimes it's not about logic and the efficiency and the stats. And let's look at the box score. It's like, shit, that looked like a warrior in a in a haze of arrows making a play, which is 
that's part of the legacy and the legend and all that shit. And sure. um, whatever you think, Cam, whatever you agree with Cam, you think Cam's an idiot, what you're in the middle. This dude is playing Patrick Mahomes for the Super Bowl. This franchise has not won a Super Bowl in 30 years. I mean, I think like if we look and, ahead, and these guys and and these guys won it. These guys are the defending champs. These guys are I, the defending we, champs. We, we don't really talk a lot. I don't hear a lot of people talking like the, the champs, the champs. It's kind of I don't either. flying under the radar a little yeah. bit. Which is weird, but it's usually not the way it happens, but it, it is. Maybe everyone's numb to it. Like th- these are the defending champs. I think everyone also spent, when you went last beat you in the Super Bowl. Yeah. I think everyone spent the regular season talking about them like they don't look like a championship team, and maybe that's why it wore off, but one hundred percent. How about Christian McCaffrey, Kyle Shanahan trying to do what Ed McCaffrey and Mike Shanahan did? Like, I don't think that that'll wild. be a big story next week. That's that's pretty cool, man. Yeah, <laughs> that's really that's, that's really cool. That's really cool. I think the Niners are going to have more stories because now it's like less. What's improbable? What the Chiefs are doing? Just keep winning. You know, it almost you just kind of almost get numb to it. Like, of course they're back here. There'll be comparisons. Last time anyone went back to back was you know the Patriots and Brady and stuff like that. But we've kind of been talking with the Patriot connections with the Chiefs for a while now. We didn't even started before they won last year because it just feels like they're like how many Super Bowls is this team going to win? Like four or five? I think that a lot of the stuff with the 49ers is going to be. You know, a lot of Kyle and Purdy is going to steal the it, – because it is more polarizing than like, how good can Mahomes and Andy be? <laughs> like, it's like, uh, I don't know, pretty good. <laughs> like, it's it just it, – there's more hypotheticals that are negative and positive at this well, point have, with, with the 49ers than with like, Andy is just incredible. Niners have more to lose, feels like. Chiefs really don't, don't have much to lose. Do I they? don't want to say they have more to gain. Also, they I think they do, but like Mahomes getting to three is pretty special. But I do think they've got more to gain. Just you cross that th- threshold finally. Um, I think Kyle has way more to gain than Andy does have to gain yeah, being three. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, you know, I was thinking too. I, I, I do think Purdy. Per, I mean, you go win a Super Bowl MVP. What if you throw three touchdowns win a Super Bowl MVP? He's got a lot on the line. Because a lot of the Niners, when you think about it. Obviously, Trent does, but he's going to be a Hall of Famer no matter what, and he made a ton of money. Like, Bosa hit the jackpot. Obviously, being a Super Bowl champion changed your career, but that's like icing on their cake. You work your entire career to do this. I'm I'm not trying to diminish that, but no one's ever going to be like, yeah, Nick Bosa wasn't kind of overrated. Like, like, it's pretty established. He's a really good player. Fred Warner, I mean, Debo, all these guys already got paid. They've already made a shitload of money. They're going to like Pro Bowls, All Pros. They're all talked about like the best players in the league. It just, it just, you just add the jewelry. So no one, I'm a champion, which yeah. is a big deal. Post your career, you get introduced this Super Bowl champion Fred Warner, this Super Bowl champion Eric Armstead, this Super Bowl champion Trent Williams, this Super Bowl champion Christian McCaffrey. I do think like Brock Purdy can just kind of end like this Super Bowl champion, former Super Bowl MVP. It, it, I think I still think for as much appreciation as we have for the Purdy story, we're still too close to it to really recognize how f- insane it is. I think, about, I think about it a lot. You know, I think it's crazy. I, I know we all think is I you do too. But I just think like if you would describe if you would describe this to us three years ago, I think you would think it's even crazier than it feels like it is right now. You know what I mean? The last pick of the draft. I think McCaffrey's got a lot to gain. I think running backs, when you look at history, like running backs with a ring are like pass rushers with a ring, which is like, ah, a badass pass rusher. Running backs with a ring and quarterbacks with a ring. I think receivers with like I, it's the obvious kind of skill guys, but I think those positions really benefit because those are usually the ones that end up as like, well, I mean, you get some Super Bowl MVPs to play linebacker, but I think, uh, yeah, I think McCaffrey would re- McCaffrey was in was on the Panthers and was going to have a nice career that would probably have been underappreciated. And now he's going to be, if he wins a championship, one of the best players of his era. It's funny. Like you look at the Super Bowl MVP odds and obviously, you know, the quarterback safest bet. It is hard to pick a night. Like you could Debo and Christian McCaffrey. There's an easy path for both guys having it right. Cause Debo could have six receptions for 75 yards and a touchdown and then take an end around for 50 yards and a touchdown 
that if it's a 17-17 game, could end up being the game-winning score, and Christian McCaffrey could just end up with 120 yards and three touchdowns, right? So it's like, to me, those two guys, if Purdy doesn't win it, you probably, if you're going to sprinkle on it, like I would sprinkle on those two guys. Because right away in that game against the Lions, it's like, God, Debo's just going to accumulate a lot of stats in this game. And anytime he touches the ball and he has an explosive play, he's one broken tackle away from it going 50. And if and then if he accumulates the six, seven receptions, the five, six carries, if two of those equal touchdowns and one of them, we've seen it before, is a wide receiver screen that he takes 60 yards. And if it happens in the second half, which we've also seen, that's like the swing touchdown, the backbreaker. You, you can see where he – like it's, it's almost impossible to take that away from Patrick – it's very possible for one of those two guys. Christian McCaffrey had 19 carries for 120 yards, uh, two touchdowns, and four receptions for 40 yards and a touchdown. Yeah, he's yep. get, don't you think he would get it? Yeah, in that case? I think those are. I would, Kittle would not be a good pick. I don't think in this game they're going to need him to fry block. <laughs> yeah. Hard fry you. So yeah, I like that pick. Uh, all right. I guess but would have Bosa had you know like a four sack game. And a strip sack that led to it, you know. Like I went. To well, yeah. Now you're describing his, his, yeah, <laughs> yes, best game of his career. Yes, <laughs> definitely, Joe. Um, a strip sack, post a touchdown. All right. On that note, anything else to add? Nope. Okay. Thanks for hanging, everybody. Later. Later. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants—they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.